but let's do it. Let's do. It. We always get off to such a, a buoyant start. Yeah, we're not. Whenever I come it here, up. like the last thing the, before you start to hear what's being recorded is Kyle's going. Ah, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I, I guess. I, this is as confident okay, Katie, as I'll right, ever I wonder, be. I wonder, she, I wonder what she's eating. What's what's Katie eating? With Katie, Katie, what are you eating? She's got her headphones in, so she doesn't have to hear our bullshit. I'm just gonna, but it feels voyeuristic now to look at her. I don't know if she knows if I'm looking. She's ignoring <laughs> me. We got Colin here, Colin in the house. Colin was being a little bit of a ruckus last time we recorded. I don't know how's Colin doing. Huh. Like knocked out the mic. Did did I? Did I did I knock it out? Oh, there it is. oh I fucked it up. There you go. I fucked it up. How's it now? It sounds good. Yeah, okay. but it like Sorry. knocked out for a second. I'm I'm always fussing no with it. I'm always fussing with it. I gotta stop fussing with it. Yeah, you, you got the idle hands. Oh yeah. my god! So idle hands. I I my whole body I think is the devil's workshop. Really. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, how are you doing today, Kyle? How are you feeling? I'm a little life? tired. Yeah, you and me both. We're, we're I, woke, have to, I mean, we're you work some energy. You yeah, that's true. I did work. I did work. I went to a wedding. I got oh, uh, oh yeah. yeah, yes, uh, Mazel Tov to Walker Van Coley and, Congratulations. and Sam, uh, his his lovely new wife. They uh, they were wedded in holy matrimony yesterday. I was there. I was invited. Uh, I was very honored to be there. It was a very lovely wedding. Holy uh, matrimony. So well, was, I mean, was I, it I religious? I, I, I mean, that's that's me just being a little colloquial. Uh, it was not particularly... I mean, there was a blessing said, which was kind of an oh, ecumenical right. blessing. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it made me, I don't want to misspeak. They they were they were wedded. They were wedded. Uh, yesterday. Well, congratulations. I know Walker. So, uh, so shout out to them. Walker's friend of the pod. And uh, so, and then I had to get up and work. So I'm okay. Whatever. I'm fine. You're fine. We're going to talk about some movies. Uh, that, that may be exhausting. Uh, I agree. Uh, <laughs> I agree. So, so what, what should we talk about? I guess, I, I, you, well, you know my philosophy. I'm going to say we should talk about Renfield first. Let's do it. Uh, Let's talk about let, Renfield Talk about first. the one where there's less to say. I think there's a lot less to say. I, I would say almost nothing. I have almost nothing to say about Renfield. Like nothing at all. No, nothing critical praise. Nothing. Just zero? Uh, I would say... Did you enjoy it? No. Okay. No. Yeah, I, I that's thought, fair. I thought it was... I thought it was a real wasted opportunity of a movie. Absolutely. Like, like because you can see why someone thought this was a good idea. Uh-huh. Like, in some ways, I feel like it's the kind of inverse of Air, where Air is like... I think when you tell someone the idea behind Air, they may be like, that doesn't sound like a fucking movie. That sounds stupid. Like, the Air Jordan, who gives a <laughs> shit? But I really like that movie. Obviously, I thought it was a good movie. Yeah. This movie, it's like, oh, Nicolas Cage is Dracula, and it's about his, you know, his familiar. Oh, that sounds oh, great. That's sign a, me up. Sign me up. Let's put millions of dollars I, I in mean, it. Like, Do you need a CGI budget? I, I mean, <laughs> I, but for me, it's like, here's a better idea. Uh, Nicolas Cage, like, Dracula is the one going to support group. Boom, I just gave you a better movie. Yes, that, that is a better movie than this one. <laughs> you could have, that you could have made. Like, uh, it just felt to me like Cage was just a wasted opportunity. Absolutely. He's just evil and he's trying to take over the world. It's very boring in that well, sense. Like, it, it's, that's, that's the, the thing. The plot was just so paint by numbers. It that, was like, what, what's the point? That was the real trouble with it because the movie starts and like the initial pull, tra- the trailer pull, the pitch pull, whatever got this movie made, the gimmick idea. Is not a bad idea. Oh, yeah, you I, can I, see you can see why someone said, "Sure, let's make this movie." Yeah, the, no, it's not hard to see how this got green lit. No, and I there are things about it that sell enough of it that I think people might be be under the spell or the illusion that they had a better time than it really offers because 
Nicholas Cage is in it. He's hamming it up in every every bit of the way that you expect it to. Nicholas Holt is charming enough to maybe guide you through it. But that what you said, the paint by numbers, every plot device, everything that they they, they force into this. And it's only an hour and a half. So it's like, it's either a good short idea that you venture Renfield at, yes. at, at, at the, the uh, at, uh, you know, this therapy, group's therapy session about relationships. That, that initially can be fun, but they stretch it out over an hour and a half where everything is neat. They, they need to suffuse it and force these other plot devices to move it yeah. forward. And they are, they are lame. The they're, characterizations are boring and yeah. tropish. I mean, th- this the, the the central like legal plot, which is kind of the driver of the actual action in the movie, makes Law and Order look like fucking War and Peace. I know. I mean, it's yeah. like it's like literally. I, I'm not even making this up. The the central like force that drives forward the plot of this movie is that Aquafina is the only honest police officer in New Orleans. Literally, like li- I'm not I'm not exaggerating. Like she's it. She's the only one, and the rest of them are all like part of a giant like mafia. <laughs> and I mean, like I, I'm I'm not like Mister Pro Cop here, but it's but silly. It's, but it's just so much like like literally they've got. Um, they've got like the the bad guy or the first bad guy, the kind of the kind of mini boss of the shithead son, like literally throwing bags of cocaine, like giant yeah. bags of cocaine, and then they arrest him. It's like, oh, he's got he gets out. Why why does he get out? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no reason. Like, it's just it's the it's the just, fact that the police force is immensely corrupt, and you and you you read it from the very beginning, and it was. Such a joke where he's where the police captain is like, I know your father was a good cop. And I was like, oh, this is the story. <laughs> this is the backstory you gave to this this character. What a it's so lame. And it and it, it's just like it literally to make the movie go forward. There has to be a one and only one legit police officer. Oh, and his her sister is the FBI. So she has one person one other she can person. go to. Yeah. Who's incorruptible because she's in the FBI, but there, the, the New Orleans Police Department has one non-corrupt cop, and it's one. Aquafina. That's it. It's Aquafina. <laughs> she's doing drug stops, and that's it. It's ridic- It's a ridiculous plot device, and it, it honestly, it, it would make more sense if they didn't play it for drama. That's the thing. She, yes, it has she, to be. It has to be a total. It has to be a naked gun. Jim Abrams, Zucker Brothers, like interpretation yes, it of should, cops. It should be over. If you're going to do this, it has to be super over the top. Yes, it is so over the top. Yes, exactly. And so, so it playing into it in that tone, it would make sense. But but she is the core. She's the emotional core of the movie. She has somebody to defend. She has someone to avenge. And honestly, that's the that's the huge misstep because because they needed to orient their movie in that kind of direction and have a hero of sorts because the uh, Renfield is our anti-hero really who's trying to find himself and trying to find the hero within yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. which is lame I I don't necessarily I I think I think the interpretation of Renfield here I mean even from the t- the Bram Stoker's um, you know origin plus or Nosferatu. I think they've done, they've kind of bastardized the idea of him. I don't think they do a really good job with it. Um, I, I, not that Nicholas Holt isn't selling, I, and honestly, and Aquafina, I, I honestly, I do not fault the cast at all. They're, they are desperately trying to juice as much as they can out of what little is given. And that's, that's it's really so unfortunate. Con- it's so weirdly conventional in yeah. a way that's kind of, 
Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, like I said, if if you make the movie more about Dracula and him being quirky in some way, I mean, if you give them, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's like some unfunny scenes, a few very like, unfunny, like a few ideas that are kind of half baked but maybe funny, like the whole support group thing, like that could have been interesting, sure. but it wasn't particularly no. Just the same action sequence over again, where people like explode in blood, well, and, and it's, it's CGI just... blood. It's so, like she, at one point he like drops down and annihilates someone in half right in front of Aquafina, and there's like a a, a a flood of blood, and not a single ounce of it really gets on her. And so it's that detachment from yeah. from it that is really uninteresting. It just it's so boring but but it's also but it's also like you said it's not funny no right if it was if if the over the top nature of some of this were being used in service like you said of something absurd yeah or something that was kind of a parody once again i mean maybe there's something there but yeah at the end of the day what is the core of it it's just this sort of very bog standard melodrama driven by like the most cartoonish ridiculous police corruption plot i've ever seen yeah I mean, just really, and then drug dealers, yeah, but, but who are, the, who are not the richest? Who they're not the richest or most prominent gangsters, but they're the most feared. It just doesn't make sense. Like it's it, they they use these these this dialogue to explain their situation, but that that's really part of it. I think it's a terribly done script organizationally. They even set it up for a opportunity to not have narration because he's in a support group and can tell his story or a version of his story, however he wants to dress it up. And they go to narration that's outside in his head, outside to the audience. I thought that was a missed opportunity. And then they, they constantly exposit the, the position and then, then refuse to do so at one point. At one point he's trying to explain how he gets his powers. He goes, I get my powers from bugs there. That's, that's it. It, it's just so that you it can happen. I it's so bad. It this is not yeah, even was, an inventive. I was, I was done really movie. surprised at how bad it was. I, I, I was, I was like, oh, this could be good. It could be. It could be this, fun. It could, could be, be fun. fun. That's this it. Could be fun. Which we love a fun movie. We it love. We just want fun. some fun movies. It wasn't fun. Uh, the movie gets one star because it's under a hundred minutes. Which is the, <laughs> so it gets the you know no, no you cannot be a zero star movie if you're. Under 100 minutes. Do you think so we're, we're, do you think this self awareness of Nicolas Cage is going to go? Uh, do you think this is going to be a disservice for him? Because obviously, no, because this they, is a they selling point. They could have done more of it. Like, I agree. Like it was more just about Nicolas Cage being weird. He's not on the screen as much as you'd expect him to be. No. And when he's in it, it's kind of boring. I agree. Like, but even like like when he regains his his powers, it's not even really explained how he does it, which is kind of what's perfect about the, that moment is that it's just like, well, we need a thing to happen, so it happens. Like, we need Aquafina to be on this island, so she's on this island. Nobody believes her. They won't arrest it. A, a, a guy even though he's they've got him dead to rights on drugs yeah which is like i'm just sorry that's that's just not how corruption works uh, honestly like, honestly all of a sudden nicholas cage is stronger as dracula because he has to be because we need to move on to the next phase of the plot honestly you could have done the same trajectory for a character if she just didn't believe that he that renfield killed his support group she's like i don't believe it and she's in his corner yeah, but at that point the, 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 the I mean, island is secure there but but you're right i mean the, they there was no thought i know i mean this. i think they should have leaned into 
making the Dracula character like as quirky as possible. Because then at least there's okay, I can get into that, right? It's like Dracula's going to support groups. He blames Renfield, right? What if Renfield's the bad guy? Like the actual bad guy, not just like the bad guy trying to go what if Dracula's the guy who's trying to go good? Right away this is a more interesting movie. <laughs> right? I, I just I was surprised like but like I said, it you can see, okay, someone got the premise they thought it was funny. Maybe they didn't ask for too much money to make it. Nobody read the script. Once it was done, after the pitch, they were like, oh, pitch sounds good. I mean, honestly. We got Nicolas Cage attached. It, people people love that guy. Thing. When when you have a star And nobody attached. actually was like, oh, is this funny? Like, is this, is this actually any, any good? Is this actually going to be enjoyable? The movie was just, it was very inert. Yes. Yeah. It was very inert. And that's really all I can say about it. Um it was just an incredibly inert movie. Yeah. Like, it, uh, I mean, uh, uh, even now, it, I get. I, I saw it two days ago, and I, I had to work to hold on to enough of it to talk about yeah. it. For even, this could be one of our shortest ones yet because I really have nothing else to say. About I, I mean, movie. that's fair. That's fair because honestly, it, I mean, it can be summarized into what you said. It is a just blatant wasted opportunity, and you feel it. You feel it every step of the way. You're like, oh, this 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 gimmick premise could have been done better. Oh, these each of these jokes that they have that are half baked that work some of the time yeah. and not all the time like could have worked had and you some put of it more actually effort looks good like like yeah. there's a visual sensibility i will say that like you could imagine being like a source of like visual humor or something if if the movie was interested in doing anything other than like like that whole Dracula's lair area in the hospitals, like it's well designed. Like the idea yeah. of it, like it's like okay, like you've got the me blood into bags, it. like everywhere, yeah, the, 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 and... the web of blood bags and shit. Like you've got me into it in that sense. So like, like, like I said, I get why someone heard an elevator pitch and thought this is a good idea. Yeah, and I get why. Oh, if it's Nicolas Cage plus the elevator pitch, okay, that's a movie. Mm-hmm. You may, let's go make that. I mean, movie. it's like, the I leading. Get it. I mean, I, it's not. I don't. It's it's not like insane to me that this exists, it's, but it is just it's fascinating sad to me, me that it sucks. It's fascinating to me that it is the leading pitch that it's if it if it has Nicolas Cage, then it must be fun. It must be good because of, but it could have been fun. It I mean, could have been it's not, yes. It, you know, I mean, if you like I said, if you told me this and I was sitting somewhere and I was like, I could green light a movie. So it, like, I've got this. We're gonna do this Renfield thing and it's quirky. It is and interesting. Nicolas Cage is directed. I'm like, okay. I'll about a year a ago, about a year ago in April. We had another Nicolas Cage movie that I went uh, going into, and I did, wasn't going to think much of it, but the unbearable, like, uh, uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. And I came out of that one being Im- immensely surprised. Oh yeah, lovely movie. Yeah, it's a lovely it's a good movie. movie about friendship, and it's a good movie about um, mo- like about loving movies. And they utilize Cage in 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 the opportunity here that's awarded to them. It's like yes, there's uh, there's plenty of over the top, uh, you, you know, mining for Cage because he is just so insane, and he's made a career, a latter part of his career, about being insane, and that's that I think leads to the ultimate disappointment is that Nicholas Cage is doing okay work here, but they they just didn't know how to, they didn't know how to take the prime example of that opportunity. Yeah, and it's yeah. just it. You're right. Inert is a good way of putting it because there's just nothing to it. It's paint by numbers. It's boring. But but but, but, but that's a great counterpoint though because like they really lean. The, the, what drives that movie is that movie really leans into the weirdness 
of the Pedro Pascal character. I right? agree, yeah. Which is like a very weirdly constructed and interestingly constructed character that opens up these opportunities to go off in a lot of different directions, yes, yeah. right? That that turn out to be entertaining and fun. Right? This movie has no character. No. Right? You know, Aquafina, like I said, she's on an island, she's the only honest cop and she's going to get her revenge and she's going to get justice. Yeah. And the Renfield character, oh, he's codependent. And he he wants the world to see. Well, it's it's fine. It 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 just yes. There, there's this is a movie. I mean, that movie is a movie about taking a premise that's kind of weird and getting weird with it. And this movie is about taking a premise that like is kind of weird and has some potential, and doing the most things that are so conventional that they're almost cartoonishly conventional. Yeah. But then, like you said, not going the extra mile. If you want to make the whole police force except for Aquafina corrupt, make, yeah, make them all dopes, right? You're, like Naked Gun is a perfect example. Yeah. Make them all just insane morons and yeah. make it a joke about, like, or, or go, yeah, like, honestly, like, the other comparable in terms of a great movie to a terrible movie from the police angle that I thought of is Hot Fuzz, right? Make yeah. it ridiculous, yeah. right? Make the whole thing sort of insane or weird, like maybe make the cops like in league with Renfield and like Dracula is the good guy, yeah, or something like that, right? Just just go to someplace weirder, yeah. Instead of going to this place that is like so conventional, it's almost insanely conventional, and just comes across like a thud. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, that Pedro Pascal character in uh, Unbearable Massive, Massive Talent is like a real wild and funny and interesting character. Yeah, yeah, because he's a fan and a fanatic, and they they mine that territory incredibly well. And yeah, there's just nothing here. None of the characters are interesting or engaging because they're 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 broad. They they are meant to be just. It, but they're it, not funny. They're, they're not broad, funny they're either. Not funny. No. Like, they're not broad in a way that is amusing, right? Broad no. could be amusing. You're right. Yeah, but, but but they're 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 just hollow. There's just they're husks of of an idea of a character, or just utilizing the names an association for the bare minimum of connection. And so you're left with really nothing. I mean, there's really nothing to a, to to hold on to, and there's nothing really that entertaining about it. Not in the jokes. Not in the action. It's really, I mean, really unfortunate. Yeah. Really unfortunate. Sad. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. wah. Uh, that's it. We don't want to talk about Redfield anymore. I don't think, oh, there's really not much there's to say. There's nothing else to say. There's, there's nothing not else to say, to say about that. Uh, so our next movie we're talking about is Bo is Afraid. Yes. Okay, so what do how what are we gonna do with this movie? Kyle, what are we gonna do with this movie? What well, do you want to do with this movie? Well, Bo's afraid. I, I mean, well, well let, let me let me say something immediately to its credit as sure. opposed to Let's Renfield. Do Let's do it. I have been thinking about Bo is afraid. Sure, I have been thinking about yeah. it. I saw them both on the same day. I must never do this. I must never see two movies in the that, same day. That's a lot. I I, yeah. I, I I I saw Renfield. I went home. I did whatever my life involves. I went back to the theater and saw Bo is Afraid in IMAX. The fact that it was in IMAX is alone kind of hilarious. I, I agree. It's kind of a hilarious part, part of its joke. I think. Fact about the movie. Oh, here, and here's the one thing I will say about Renfield that is was better. Just a final thought about the Renfield experience that was better than the Bo is Afraid experience. The people at, at Renfield during the Nicole Kidman thing were dead fucking silent, which is the appropriate <laughs> response. And the people who Bo's afraid, they were cheering. They were saying the lines. I fucking hate this. I do too. I hate this so much. Dead silence is the appropriate response to the Nicole Kidman intro. Maybe the first person who said something in a movie, uh, like did a riff on the Nicole Kidman thing, maybe they're funny. But you doing it is that not That was a funny. long time ago. You doing this sort of 
ironic, I'm not a fan, but I actually am a fan thing where you get into the Nicole Kidman thing like you're watching The Room or Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's not funny. Just shut the fuck up. I agree. If I'm in there with you and you start cheering or saying the lines or getting into it, you're a fucking loser. You're a loser. Yeah. No, you're I think a loser. that's a great. It's not funny. It's not ironically, but not ironically cute, funny, whatever. It's I annoying. I don't understand. It's it. annoying and pointless, and you should respond to it with funereal science or just talk to your friend about whatever you were talking about before. Yeah. Right? Or just pay it no attention. It's I, not I don't funny under- to cheer for it. It's not funny to say the line. What do you think is behind that? I just people, don't get people it. People are sad. It's actually, in a way, it's, it's kind of aligned with Bo's Afraid. People are sad, and they want to, like, um, you know, it's like I, I, I went to high school with, like, people who were in band, uh, like, marching band, and they were in choir, and they would, like, get into school spirit things in a way that was kind of ironic but really not ironic because they wanted mm-hmm. to be part of something. That's what's going on there. Yeah, I agree. That's yeah. what's going on there. So, in a way, it's of a piece with a kind of, like, you could make an A24 movie about the people who who – do this with a Nicole Kidman intro because it is very A24. They're, very. Kind of, they're kind of like nerds, but they want, don't want to be nerds, but they kind of do want to be nerds. And so they well, do this sense. ironic performance. It, yeah, this the ironic performance of a troll, which I think makes sense when you go to see an Ari Aster movie, who might be the tro- the biggest troll filmmaker. Well, I think, he, of our- I don't, well, okay, so I want to do confession. <laughs> Since there's this movie may or may not have some religious component, I'm not sure that it really does. But, it is but interesting. It, it alleges to have it. People are saying that it is a Jewish uh, kind well, of and, odyssey. And and the first point I would make about that, because I've heard this statement, um, that is uh, exogenous to the movie. Right? I agree. The movie does not. The movie has a ton of um, visual symbolism in it, and if some of it is religious, maybe it is. But the idea of religion, in particular, of Judaism in particular, religion in general, is never explicitly brought up. Of course, you could say it has religious themes because it has all themes. The movie has every themes. It is so, everything. So, so, so <laughs> if you want to tell me that some of the religious themes, well, it's about, it has every theme. It has every idea. So uh, you could tell me it has religious ideas, and I'd say, sure, it's got all the ideas in it. It's 100% of ideas. Every idea that's ever been had is is stuffed into this movie uh, like a giant scrotum, right? The movie is like a that's giant fair. scrotum of ideas. It really is. And so you could say that, but there's nothing explicitly religious, and there's certainly nothing explicitly Jewish. Now, so if Ari Esther wants to say what that's about, well, he can say whatever he wants, and I can say whatever I want. That's the beauty of cinema is the movie's been made. I mean, he really shouldn't it's be. It's out there, he really so shouldn't I can be saying, say whatever I want. I mean... Granted, he really shouldn't be saying anything at all. He, th- this is a Honestly, movie. What, well, you know, I, I, I'm even upset. I know about this Jewish angle because I try to know nothing about the I, movies yeah, we see, yeah. and I especially try not to know what anyone says about them. And I certainly don't try not to know what the director or the people involved says about it because I don't care. But if I know, I'll think about it. I don't care That's what fair. they think because yeah. I care what I think. I have every right. I have as much right to say what this movie's about as anyone. I care what you think, but I don't want to know what you think before we see the movie. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. You, you uh, before we talk about you it, you tell me to shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear about it. Like <laughs> even when I saw the look on your face when you mentioned the Dungeons and Dragons, I knew you kind of liked it. Yeah. I'm too good at figuring out what you think. I'm I'm very bad at hiding my emotions. Yeah, I know you're Mister Too Fucking Honest. You're like <laughs> Bo in that way. You just can't you can't stop being who you are. Ultimately, it's really true. Um. It's funny, right, because the antecedent I thought about when I thought about this movie was nothing religious. I thought about the book The Stranger by Camus because uh, Marceau in The Stranger famously is is convicted of killing someone 
because he didn't cry at his mother's funeral. Mm-hmm. And so Bo to me was very Merceau in that way. That is very true. Which, yeah. um, but but you could pull in whatever you want because, like I said, this movie is kind of about everything. It really or, or is. It is. I I mean, I, I well, don't, it's, I even I would even retract that a bit. It's a movie that inserts into itself pl- the plausible appearance of being about just about whatever you'd want to say it was I, about. Well, and this is kind of its problem, isn't it? I I think I think well, is it. Yeah. So he, here, here's here's <laughs> what I I'll say about this. My, must have been exhausting. Oh for god. Um. But what I will say to this movie's benefit. Um. I don't know if it's to its benefit. Um. There's something going on it that I have some sympathy for. I didn't. I did not feel about this movie the way I felt about Babylon. I did not leave this movie thinking that this movie wished me ill. Uh huh. Yeah. I think it might wish its characters ill. Yes, I, think it I, might I be do about think people, that. I think it might be about people who wish themselves ill. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't hate it in that way. I don't know. Here was my, my first response to the movie. It was a pretty full theater. And, of course, there were people who had the predictable, like, oh, what the fuck was that kind of response. And I remember looking at these people thinking, that wasn't anything. It wasn't anything. Yeah. Like, like, why are you weirded out by this? Because it's so intentionally trying to weird you out that I, that I think you'd just be like, okay. That's that's the frustrating. Fair play to you. Fair play to you. I, I'm not against these planes of psychological experience because th- that's what this movie is. It's three hours of being inside the head of this character, Bo. Bo is yeah. a, a, a oppressed low self-esteem uh filled with trauma anxiety paranoia loser that's what he is and it's three hours of experiencing how he sees the world either how he feels about his mother how he feels about strangers how he feels about intimacy and there's nothing surprising about this as in the first 10 minutes and it's Oh, yeah, yeah. I love what you said. No surprises. There's no surprise to this because, movie. And the movie's whole thing is like, here's a surprise. Here's a surprise. But it's not a surprise. It's not. Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Like, and it doesn't. Like, like, it's surprising in the sense that maybe you wouldn't have predicted it. But it's not surprising in the sense that, like, you're like, whoa. I wasn't because, expecting because, that. Because there's, no, because, because, there's no, because there's no juice to it. There isn't. Because you're right, you said it's about the inside of someone's head. The movie that we have seen by far that is the most like this movie is Bardot, right? Um, Those are movies about the contents of people's brains. uh, Synecdoche, New York comes close. Well, I was talking about the things we reviewed. For sure, yeah. Yeah, Synecdoche because of this idea of like recursive storytelling, right? Like the story within the story within the story. Yeah. Although I will say that the animated sequence in the middle is the best part of the movie and the one that I found the most affecting. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I thought there was something to that. Yeah. Like, you're getting at the idea of the power of stories and how we insert ourselves into stories. And there was some some actual heart and actual, some moving content to that. Yeah. About, like, this relationship between a person and mythology and stories. That was the best part of the movie for me. That yeah. was the part of the movie where I became close to f- closest to feeling something. Yeah, it's about an hour and a half or so into the movie or something. It's like right that. in the dead center of dead the movie, center. and I think that's intentional. Yeah, 
Absolutely. something about that that's supposed to be like, this is the distillation of whatever this project is, right? Yeah, if, if Bo can insert himself and have this relationship with the stories, you can now insert yourself into this process of the, the of the odyssey that's at, at in front of you. But the problem is there's there are specific fear. Like honestly, I have a big pro. I do have a big problem with Ari Aster. I haven't seen the other movies. I'll be honest. Like I don't. I think that's. A, I don't that's see okay. horror movies generally. I only see horror movies now because of this. And I don't see. In, but this is interesting, right? Because I don't see them because I'm sensitive to them. No, and no. I'm afraid that they will fuck me up um, and make and give me mental problems, like or that they'll impression they'll have some impression on me that will be. And, but but I remember when Hereditary came out. I remember half the people saying that it was like super scary and it really stuck with him. And I remember half people just shrugging and say like, "I don't get it. I don't get why yeah. anyone gives a shit." Yeah. And I will say that this movie did not freak me out. Like no. this movie will not give me bad. No, dreams. It, it's it's it will not keep me awake at night like with some sense of unpleasantness. It's unequal parts strange, which I would rank it in that that it's. It sits in kind of a middle idea of strange. I've seen much stranger movies than this that that make more and they're more visceral, make more sense based off of the wavelength that they've tapped into. And then it's and then it wants to be a little scary. This idea of of how the world feels to somebody in this mental circumstance, and so it's mildly scary. But I would put that even lower than its strangeness. But what overwhelms it is that it's boring and it's boring because it really has it, it's orchestra it's too orchestrated it's too calculated it went i want to make a strange film and i'm going to make this idea of a strange movie and th- this is what i don't like about ari aster he he comes to the fold with ideas preordained and uh he fits his ideas into the framework of other people's ideas i mean hereditary is rosemary's baby but with mommy issues uh midsummer is wicker man but with codependent narcissist uh dynamic in a relationship and how that well, obviously these themes it. are revisited and Obvi- obviously and then Bo is afraid Bo is afraid is a co- is the ultimate combination of these things that are are on his mind. And then when you hear stories about Ari Aster at like AFI and that he's he's a troll with fellow students poking, poking prodding, not only in the films he made, which deal with weird, with the taboo subject matters such as incest, but he's he would personally ask other students, like, how would you feel if you fucked your sister? Stuff like that. That is why I have a problem with Ari that's, Aster. But, but see, to me, that's perfect. If that's true, that's perfect, because that's such a boring thing to ask. I agree. Like, it's just like... It's it, not it's interesting. provocative if you're 16. I agree. You know, you know it's... I, I remember... Uh, you know, Lou Reed famously wrote a review of Jesus. It was a pretty favorable review in a lot of ways. But he did say that, like, like there's some there's a line in the first song, um, you know, Black Skinhead or whatever about like fucking a nun or something like that. And he's like, I guess that's like funny or provocative if you're 14. Mm-hmm. Like that's just, I mean, this is like, whoa, you fuck your sister. It's like, wh- what are we doing here? I, I'm, I mean, I mean, that's like something like, um. Like from a from you know uh, like uh, 
like a Neil LeBute like thing where the joke is that you're the shithead, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. that's like you're a yeah. terrible. It's it's like something from like terrible man culture, right? <laughs> you know, like 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 that's something that like a, a, a or like a, when David Mamet was good, that's something he would have a character side. <laughs> he would, he would, right? Absolutely. Like, or or pick your pick your favorite kind of commentator on misogyny, right? Yeah. Well, and you the, know, and like like. You know, and I mean, obviously, ma'am, it's gone down some some dark places, but like, that's something a character would say. Absolutely, right. Well, and Ari Aster clearly has designed this movie as this uh, Homeric odyssey of the psyche, and a lot of it is personal. But there, it also feels like he's taking some personal ideas and expounding upon them in ways to be provocative or to be weird in the ways that. That he thinks that normal people would respond in, in a, a sense of being pr- provoked by these taboos and these this subject matter, or being have, having a giant penis and, and whatnot, like these things that he, it there, it it tackles and confronts and and showcases his immaturity in the lack of self reflection he has in these personal issues. I think it is all performative everything about this struck me as a performative orchestrated calculated idea of what it means to be weird and then because of that nothing surprised me it became boring monotonous tedious interminable and the more it went the more it started to delve into deeper into what is that root i'm like the first 10 minutes tell you everything about this character and unfolding more and more and more of it doesn't give you any yeah. any larger sense of what the character is if it is honestly if it is an act of catharsis for Ari Aster and the vomiting of these of these traumas and insecurities if if Bo is Ari had he grown up had he listened to his mother 100% of the time and he's wrestling with this idea that he could have been this sexless uh, descending scrotum loser who is just is just caught in his mental walls quite literally and physically that he couldn't uh, usher a moment or a thought or uh, an opinion or ventured life in any sort of confidence and he's ki- he's literally killing that possibility like that's what it is i mean he builds up this character creates him and he's mean to him he's incredibly mean to him because i think it is him if we're going to interpret this way it's it, it which you can i think it is him and what he thinks is the possibility had he not gone his own way or he was only formed by his mother or his upbringing or his fears or his anxieties if he didn't seek out help or he didn't uh have any productivity or outlet for it He'd be Bo, and so he literally has to kill him. He has to drown him in front of you and attack him and show how unfair it is that this this version of him exists, at least in his mind, because of some upbringing, but he literally has to kill him. And it's it's a mean-spirited movie in that way, but if and so I don't necessarily get on board and I'm and, and honestly, as I'm explaining it this way, I'm giving him a lot more benefit than what the movie really does venture. I mean, this is the possibility that it is. And if it is, I can understand it. But it's not necessarily entertaining. It's not necessarily weird. And it's not necessarily productive for us to be part of it. 
that that's my problem. Yeah. Something like Bardot is like stripping the mental, uh, the 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 inarticulable mental state of somebody who, by the way, is very seasoned and has thought about things and the medium and the and 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 how filmmaking but, is but and, and, and is and is in the process of thinking about more interesting things. Absolutely, like whatever you think about Bardot, like like um, you know. He's interested in Mexico and history and what what where does and, he and stand? the idea of this place, right? Like he looks outward and he sees things that are interesting to him and he thinks about himself in relation to those things. Those are what more does it mean things. to be in Me- what is what is Mexico? What does it mean to be Mexican? What does it mean to have this complicated like he's bouncing off something that is not just himself. He's bouncing off something very big. I right? agree. Like you you wouldn't like you, you know and he really cares and is interested in his in in that country. Like the the move this movie is all in and self. It's, and it does, and the self and it, is more important than anything else. I mean but what's funny, right, is it starts with something that could be kind of a political commentary, right? Which is this idea of the city and mm. then this idea of the suburb, right? Because you have this cartoonish city, which is like <laughs> Escape from New York on steroids. Yeah. Which I guess if you want to be charitable, you could think of as a commentary on how certain other people think of cities, which I do think you see coming around a lot. I mean, you do hear people talk about um, various cities, sometimes Chicago, sometimes San Francisco, sometimes Los Angeles, um, as these hellscapes, right? So he does ones that, that's actually a hellscape, and there's, I don't know, and then he does the suburban thing. But even then, even again, right, like that whole suburban milieu, just talk about a, a, a milieu that is, commented on much more interestingly oh in a goodness. movie like get out right i mean but he goes to this suburban milieu and he seems to be sort of hinting at how there's some underlying horror but he doesn't get any i mean it's just man i mean you can tell that i'm having i know i'm sorry i'm sorry you went through this no i'm not <laughs> no but don't be sorry because like i said i mean i want to you know i mean the visual sensibility of the movie, like like he does have this way of showing you kind of a tapestry. I agree, right? And sitting with it, right? That you know, there's there is something here, right? Because the visual sensibility of the movie, if it was leveraged in some more interesting way, could be good, because he really does create these great tapestries and let you look at them mm-hmm. he doesn't cut away it's not you know you really get like whether it's Bo's apartment or the room he's staying at in the suburban house or you there's there's all kinds of moments in the movie where you get these sort of wide shot tapestries of specific places that really are evocative of something like he is creating a space that is that is interesting if he knew what to do with it right or if he had something interesting to say within that space you know it's i mean there it's not that there's nothing there 
And and that's why I said I don't feel about this the, the same way I feel about Babylon because I feel like yeah, a movie like yeah. Babylon is trying to actually just just hit me over the head with like every trick and the and the, there's constant this this kinetic energy that kind of is dizzying and exhausting, right? Yeah. I, there's something here, right, in terms of the talent, but it's just it's not clear to me that it's leveraged to do anything useful and or I'm, to say anything interesting. And to ultimately. be honest, that's kind of been my experience with it, all of his films. And this one is is the the one that is clearly showing the limit the stretch of the limitations of his gifts. That yes, I think he is a visual artist. Like I, I think he understands at least has absorbed enough cinema in himself. Same way Damien Chazelle can make a movie look good, such as Babylon, with with an attention to detail, production design, and, and everything that goes into it. There's an but, inventive but like that gift of mise en scène, right? To to create these places, like if there was something interesting that could happen in these places, they like. Th- that could be a good movie. Yeah. Like, because he does understand how to create these different places that are impactful and that have and striking and that yeah. have a visual spirit to them that is evocative in and of itself. Yeah. Right. He just doesn't, he, he gets you there, but he doesn't have anything to say but, once he's there. And this is, I think, what what is ultimately, uh, again, ultimately the problem is this is somebody who has uh, a lot of cinema influences that they are trying to borrow and uh, utilize for their advantage, whether it's Rosemary's Baby for Hereditary, whether it's Wicker Man for Midsummer, whether it's Synecdoche, New York for this. Um, and then you have somebody who voraciously wants to be a provocateur in some kind of way, push on taboo subject matter that he subtly and uh, overtly embraces into his movies. And, and that, but that goes back to, again, somebody who he wants to be. And you, you mentioned the suburban critique and honestly, this chapter, this chapter in the movie, these various chapters of, uh, immersion that Bo finds himself in. That suburban commentary goes to Todd Salons. Todd Salons doing, you know, Welcome to the Dollhouse or Happiness, Life During Wartime. He is a true provocateur, but that's because he looks at uh, he looks at taboo subject matter such as pedophilia and uh, abduction of of people and the, the, the kids and their use of language that they don't particularly understand. One one of the most famous versions of it is in Welcome to the Dollhouse, where a young kid is like, "I'm going to rape you tomorrow," and she's like, "Okay, when are you picking me up?" Like you know, it's you know it's because they don't understand what they're saying to each other. They're thirteen year olds borrowing, absorbing these languages. And so it's approaching taboo, it's provoking provocation, but he does so, Todd Salons is more interesting filmmaker because, and by the way, another filmmaker who hits and misses, but he is trying to look at the outsider. What are the, who are these misfits and what are the language of misfits and the, the desires and the uh, feelings of misfits? in society and if we can ostracize this person then it's an the act of ostracizing is what he's interested in and so he wants to probe and push and understand that from an empathetic kind of lens and so Ari Aster is borrowing these provocative ideas but missing the context and missing the directive yes when you when you use radioactive concepts you have to use them for a purpose yes 
right? Like when you go to some place, you go there if it's dark and disturbing because there's something there yeah. that you really want to get at that is going to really sort of get to the guts of something hot and interesting and meaningful. But the way you can tell that Astor doesn't have that is he actually has a a moment that is designed to be that moment. Yes, he does. Where we yeah. go into the attic, right? We go into the attic and it's like he's been having this dream about being forced into the attic. And the attic is going to represent everything that is deep and dark and disturbing and white hot, like interesting, that is at the core of his, this shitty fucked up position that he finds himself yeah, in. Yeah. And what's in the attic? What's in the attic is penis job of the hut. That's what's <laughs> in the penis attic. Penis job of the hut, yeah. It's the least interesting thing I agree. that it could be. Now, I'm not going to tell you what should be up there because it could be a million things. Yeah. But to have it just be a scary giant penis is just the most boring choice I could imagine. I, I found that to be incredibly... Uh, not, what, not only, what's, it, is this like a long joke and the punchline is, yeah, it is what you think it is. It's just sex, right, or whatever. Like, Yeah. It's, it's just, it's so not interesting. I agree. Right? So when he has this moment to like be like, okay, this is it. This is really what's at the core of everything. It just, it's a total dud. Yeah. Right? And... And then you get this sequence where, like this climactic sequence where he confronts his mother. And what is the confrontation? The confrontation is he he falls at her feet and like kisses her feet and her ankles. Then he chokes her. Then he kills her. Then he feels bad about it. And all those things happen one after another kind of with rapid, no... Rapid succession. With yeah. no real transition between them. And mm-hmm. that's the movie. The movie is just a thing, to a thing after a thing, to a thing after a thing after a thing. And it reminds me of one of those, um, you know, uh, uh, every frame of painting ones, uh, uh, shorts, where yeah. they show, they, sh- you know, he talks about bad editing and bad storytelling. And, he br- and, you know, there's this great clip where they show Trey Parker talking about how beats in a story need to be connected with a but with buts and therefores, right? So there's some sort of dramatic tension that moves the story along, yeah, right? And that the worst way to edit something or to tell a story is to have it just be and then, and then, and then. And this movie is just and then, and, and then, and then. then. It's true. And, and so in that way, it reminded me of some of the, the the big budget movies we've talked about where they're really long, like some of the Marvel movies, some of the Star Wars movies. I remember feeling this way about Last Jedi, which I didn't hate, but you just get the sense that this is just every idea. Mm-hmm. This is just the kitchen sink. Yeah. Right? This is, I'm going to give you every idea I had, and uh, and it shows. It does, yeah. It, sho- it shows every idea. It shows one after another. It shows an unwillingness to have anyone counter or criticize. I don't work. even think it's an unwillingness. Yeah. I think there's. I don't think. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. 
in a way, I think there's there's a couple parallels with this in Renfield. One is that they're both uh, about codependency, amongst other things. Yeah. And the other is that I just don't think they had it. No. I don't think he had it. I don't think he had the story. No, I don't think so either. I don't think he actually had the story. No. And so he just kind of did a bunch of stuff. He threw it. He threw and then and, put and, Joaquin Phoenix in all of it. And honestly, <laughs> he dresses it up in the in the right way, right, to sell the the illusion that that it is about something or that the, it's about more than something, because it takes a book. And again, this is him. This is him cheating. He takes a book out of classic surrealists, you know, whether it's Jean Vigo or um, or Louis Bunuel. You know, but their ideas are about disparate sequences that in their each each individual sequences have profound meanings and interpretations that you can get out of them because they're evocative and just how they feel. In this way, he is trying to cheat in constructing his narrative as though it is pieced together by borrowing ideas or the or the 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 process of surrealism. I don't. It's not a surrealist work. No, it's, there's nothing surrealistic about it. No, it, only in the idea that maybe it is, superficially. I guess it's. I, I think it's superficially in 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 the idea that is surreal in that there's a disjointedness to it that it's not reality per se. It's not. It's not positioned in realism, and therefore that that is how he cheats in in orchestrating a psychological space. Where it feels surreal. Yeah, but I mean, but that's not what surrealism but, 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 you is know, about. But you know what this? But you know what? You know what this is? It's just jackass. Yeah, it's just like, wh- wh- isn't that what ja- a jackass movie is? It's like one hundred percent. It's like one vignette after another that is tied together by you know some of the same people being in them, and you do something absurd. Mm-hmm. It's just jackass. It's just it's Spike Jones. It's jackass. You know, it's it, it, it's it's that influence yeah, of that like, MTV but, era. But like, uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, Spike Jones has also made like great surrealistic movies. Oh yeah, right? for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, and and that that's what I mean. It's like this is, it's it's taking an idea of what you think surrealism is. These disjointed, strange uh, chapters, episodes, vignettes. And that's enough to make it a kind of comprehensive and interpretive work, but that's not what that's not what's happening. It's just there is. It just a, feels so juvenile. It is juvenile. It just feels so juvenile, which is which makes sense if he asks these juvenile questions. He does to his to his students. Or I think whatever. that is very well documented because it's just such juvenile. It's like um, it's like something a sixteen year old would think was profound. Yeah. Because it's just like, this is weird, this is weird, ah, sex, fuck, uh, penises. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that sex and all that shit looms large, right? And I'm sure people have, like, um, these kind of fucked up relationships with their parents. Like, I'm sure, that sure. that's true, right? Yeah. But it just doesn't. I don't know. It just was, well, and it's a three-hour slog that amounts really yeah. to an inevitability that you can see coming from from the very beginning. I didn't even, I didn't even expend the energy to think about what was going to happen. Oh, I mean, I, I, I mean, mean, I knew the mom. I knew the mom was, but even then, he telegraphs that that the mom's not dead. Yeah, like you're supposed to know that. So yeah. that's not supposed to be the twist. No, that's a fake twist intentionally. But there is no real twist because there, like I said, there's no surprise. No surprise. Not at all. It's kind of a mean-spirited movie. And 
but but, 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 but also I mean, I immature. Guess, I guess it's fine because I mean the person he hates is himself. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and yeah. so I guess that's you know that's not as bad as hating others. I agree. I agree. Uh, it's at least a productive hate, I suppose. Uh, you know, if he hates if he hates this element of himself and he's literally killing it, maybe he he comes out better. But but, that, but that's another thing that uh, that redeems Bardo, right? Which I agree. you know, I th- I think we both came down thinking like it was good, but had some issues. It's like Quaron doesn't, uh, or I mean, in yeah, yeah. uh it's funny. I was like, he's a corner in Yurito. And I figured out it was in Yurito, but I still said Quaron. Quaron. <laughs> uh, he doesn't hate himself. No. He feels ambivalent about himself. And he actually loves other people. He does. This, yeah. And there are people in this movie that he loves. And uh, you don't get the sense that Aster has any love for anyone. Oh, no. No, it is kind of devoid you, you of love. Don't, you don't get the sense that there's any... There's no real no, because love in the movie. Because he, in his mind that he's laying out, it's a an endless panopticon. Like, he, everyone is watching him. Everyone's in on it. It leads into that paranoia, that anxiety. And he he's he's in constant surveillance and constant attention but he also doesn't want it and he also hates himself and so yeah there there is no love there's no possibility of love in any of the interactions not even in the soul chapter of venturing out this this romance from an early age and having it yeah but but that that's that's the biggest evidence that there's no love is that that just seems that's the most absurd sequence it is yeah like like there's nothing more absurd than the way that that their encounter as adults goes down. Hundred percent. That's the that's the most absurd part of the movie. Mm-hmm. That feels completely unreal, completely ridiculous, completely like something that could never happen. Yeah. Right. That's that seems less real than like having your apartment invaded by a bunch of miscreants and destroyed. <laughs> That that could be real. Honestly, the first half hour, I was I was on board for a little bit, and then and then. Well, I thought it was at least like kind of funny. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like okay, so you're going to do this like cityscape, which is like obviously kind of like someone else's fever dream of like life in the of what, city, like what a, like an even like? like an insane escape from New York style tableau. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that could be funny. It, and and it's funny at times it just but then this uh, you i mean the suburban thing it just it drags it drags it's pointless the, the i guess i'm supposed drags. to think that like nathan lane mugging is funny it's fine fine it's uh, fine i mean whatever yeah you know, i mean it's just, it's just who cares i mean i like nathan lane but i, I mean yeah. whatever he, that's he, not enough and that's the, that's what i think they were trying to get like utilize Nathan Lane and his likability because I think he's perfectly fit for a suburban dad. Like, oh yeah, no, I, no. I think this, the, the casting of him is that character is not is is good. Yeah, I mean yes. that's that's a good choice. But the, but there is an emptiness to these creative decisions. There's an emptiness to the project as a whole, and so by the time you go through this odyssey, there's really nothing to grasp onto. And I I I'm. I, I'm with you. Like my theater had like these like like surprised reactions, or they were like, "Oh my god, oh my!" Can you believe he ended it that way? And I was like, "I I'm pretty. I was pretty sure that it was that was the inevitability the whole way." Who like, cares? Bo- yeah, who cares? and who cares? Really, he it, hates himself. He doesn't love anyone. It's sad. I mean, it's it is sad, right? Yeah, I guess, very sad. I guess, like. I guess, like, um, I just don't understand, like, what, 
what are we supposed to necessarily get out of this? What are we supposed to do? We love ourselves more because we clear it's clear that this guy has done the sacrifice well, of hating himself so but thoroughly. I mean, but I mean, it's it's not even what are we supposed to get out of it, right? I mean, what you know, it's just you know, we're talking about you know, cinema is a narrative art form, right? And so you you you're telling me a story. And you are you are you are preoccupied with the idea of stories, right? Because the whole the whole um, movie is about just the layering of mythology, right? It's like all these different mythologies that you're just going to layer one on top of the other, and kind of uh, inter interweave, right? So, you know, I guess it's just I, I mean I guess maybe there will be people for whom this is very resonant, right? But it, it was striking to me how not resonant it was for me, even at moments when it could have been, because I am sympathetic in the abstract me too. to this feeling of uh, the parent as someone who gives. Like, th- there's this tremendous asymmetrical relationship between a parent and children, right? Because, you, like, you're going to love your kid in a way that they really can't love you back. And I think for some parents, that does engender a kind of uh, resentment, yeah, right? yeah. And, and I'm, you know, the, the, the possibility of that is not lost on me, right? But, like, it, it was just striking to me how even those moments where I thought, well, may, this this seems like something in the abstract that could resonate with me just end up having no resonance yeah. with me. And I, I think, and, um, yeah, I, I, I think that, I think it just comes down to just the abject, um, hatred that this movie has for every aspect of it i agree right there's no and you know there is a sort of and that's why i think the animated sequence in the middle is the only part that i found it all touching because that's really that's really the last temptation of christ moment where it's like well you could just have a life right like you could just have kind of a quotidian life with like ups and downs and maybe even dramatic reversals and moments, but it would still just be kind of like a normal ass life. Right. And, you know, especially if you find yourself in a rarefied position, which Astor does, right. I mean, he speaks from a very rarefied position, right. Yeah. People don't get to do this. No. What he has done, almost nobody gets to do to make a movie like that. No. It has to feel very weird. Like, I don't know what it feels like. You don't know what it feels like. Nobody knows what it feels like. Very few people, right? It's such a weird position to be in. And maybe you would look at some, you know, quiet, normal life, as it were, and think like, oh, that, you know, there's something very moving about that. So I think, I think there's, there's a little bit of a heart to that. But that's really it. Um, and even that, like, that, that woodland scene, which is clearly like... That's that's where he's speaking to something that is warm and loving and that could be happy, right? Even then, all he can do is just destroy it in a stupid, cartoonish way because he can't really engage with it. Yeah, like he can't. Like he can see that there is something with these people in this moment. There's a warmth there, uh, and he can even depict it. Like he knows how to depict it, right? But he can't stay with it and he can't engage with it because to engage with it would be to engage with, like, um, the prospect of love 
with all its um, hardship, right? Which is just something that he is not interested in talking yeah. about. Yeah, because you're right. He doesn't kill it off in a tragic way to say goodbye or to lament or to mourn. He, it, it is a cartoon. It is uh, utter destruction. Well, well in his, his central character, right, the Joaquin Phoenix character, Bo, is not capable of human emotion really as such. No, he is not. capable... He is displayed as being only capable of neuroses, mm-hmm. right? He never has, like, emotional responses thing until that, like, those moments at the end. And even then, it's an it's a psychotic. He goes, I guess, to psychoses, right, where mm-hmm. he, like, hugs his mother and then kills her, right? Because he he's so um, unable to engage with his complex mix of feelings that he simply expresses them one after another yeah. until he can no longer. Yeah. Right. Well, and and if that's the aim, you know, a character who's built on neuroses goes to psychoses and then ends and then ends in death. I mean, that this is uh, to to ask us to go for three hours to follow such a character when everything you know is just preordained in a way based off of his original reaction. I just. That's that's why I found it tedious. I just I wanted to be more engaged. I wanted to be more interested. Maybe I wanted to be more empathetic to somebody who had this fate. But he he does not because he does not have yeah, but, interest but how, or understanding or yeah, love. How, but it's this missing. is the thing. Like, how interesting could it be to watch a movie that someone has made to talk about people that he hates? who doesn't have any particularly interesting thoughts even on what it is that he hates about them or why he yeah. hates them. He just hates. Cause, cause like, I don't like, I don't get like, there's no, I don't walk away from this movie feeling like any insight has really been shed it about not, like, what yeah. is what about what is loathsome even about this outside of just what's like, yeah, it would suck to not have sex cause your mom was fucking crazy. That would suck. That would be weird. Sure. That would be an unpleasant way to live. Yeah. Fair point, but not really interesting, no. right? I, I like think... I, like I, just, you just, I didn't walk away from this feeling like the human condition had in any way been illuminated. And, that's, and that, that's where, again, in the contrast to what something like Bardo is, when we talk about the human condition and, and being in a place of something that is larger than oneself, he, he has... He's flipped that on its head. The, the he is his self and his neuroses, his psychoses, and the self is magnet. That's the magnitude of life, and everything else kind of is squandered underneath it. And that's why I think it maintains an uninteresting quality because any of the pieces that you said in the abstract that could connect us to the specific notions that he's trying to get at, because. The self has been uh, it has been inflated. The self interpretation of those ideas is what matters, rather than the universal ideas of those. Uh, like you know, because I agree with you, the mother relationship. There's an idea there that I think a lot of people, and it's even in its exaggerated form, can connect with and experience. But he makes it so specific about his neuroses and psychoses in response to it that we don't necessarily come see, on board to see, it. See, I, I guess I disagree with you a little bit in that I think I think the movie could have benefited from more specificity, right? Because the issue with like a lot of these characters is that. 
they're so archetypal. Like, like she's bad. How is she bad? Well, she's just bad. She's just bad she's in every way. Like, yeah. like it's just, it, I didn't find her, like, there's no, there's no character in this movie that you would describe as interesting. No, not a single one. Like, there's not a, there's not even a character that you describe as like having like, a, that's the other thing is these characters have no complexity. They have no, there's no suggestion of any inner life. It's a, yeah, that's an interesting way. You're right. There is no real agency to these characters. Yeah. It's like she's terrible because that's just, she's terrible. And Bo is just pathetic because he's just pathetic. Yeah. Like there's no. Are they robbed of their agency because Bo has robbed them of their agency? Like, is it because, just because we're in the psychology, psychology I, of him? <laughs> I just, I just think that. Like I, I'm not, I'm not going to engage with this movie on the level of trying to come up with some internal consistency <laughs> to it. Like, is this all after he's dead? Is this all a dream? Like, uh, fucking suck my dick. Like, I don't care. Like, if I, if the movie's gonna be vulgar, I guess I'll be vulgar. Sure. Like, yeah. uh, like I'll, I'll, I'll come to the movie's level and talk about dicks because, like, it's just, it's just, what is it like? We're obsessed with sex. Our mothers fucked us up. Um, everything is terrible. Yeah, the city. The city is a dystopian nightmare. The there's a darkness underneath the the suburban landscape. There, the only respite we can have is in our creative realm, and that w- will ultimately be destroyed. Yeah, all of these things. I mean, I I see them. I hear them, I experience them, and all three hours of its slog of a runtime, and it just became increasingly more boring and uninteresting as uh, our passive character just glided through these experiences. And it is just... Yeah, it's just like a shitty Forrest Gump. (laughs) Right? He's just Forrest fucking Gump. Yeah. Like, that's all Bo is. Bo is just fucking Forrest Gump. Yeah. Just like... He's Chauncey, Gar- Chauncey Gardner, he's Forrest yeah. Gumping his way through his own fucking mind, and that's the thing that and it's like I just with Forrest Gump I just and don't get it with, with, with like, Forrest I just don't Gump care. with Forrest Gump, Benjamin Button, Chauncey Gardner from like being there, all three of those characters they are these blank slates for people to react to, and they, they you need genuine characters to react to those, to make it interesting in some regard. That's why those movies, arguably or not, are more interesting than this. Because you're right, Bo is just a a fragmentation and a a mirror of neuroses and psychoses back at you. That's all he is. He's not an individual. And And then so all of these other individuals are not characters. They're not human beings. They're abstractions reacting to it. That's why it's so empty. I mean, even like in The Stranger, right, Merceau gets to confront the priest and to actually have like a real response of like, no, I don't believe in this, right? And so we think about identity formation as a form of negation, Yeah. right? Even when Bo rejects his mother, he kind of doesn't. So it's just, it's like I said, that that's the perfect, that's the perfect climax to the movie, because it's, because it's just, it's just events. I, it's just events I, happening. I think, I think you said it well. It's and then, and then, and then. There is no contrast. There's no drama. There is nothing to to for it to. Uh, hit up against, and so it's just it just glides through, and then you're it's over, and then you walk away going, well, whatever. I just, I mean, I certainly didn't care. You, you know, I certainly I, you know, didn't I, care. I, I was listening to someone who I regard as wise recently, and they told me that one of the th- keys to being happy is 
to realize that you're the most you're the least interesting part of oh, life. Oh yes. Yeah. Like you you yourself and your thoughts are just the least interesting thing out there. Yeah. So like look around, right? Uh, Ari Esther does not think that the contents of his mind are the least interesting thing. And well, I, I, I understand this is an ideal, and I think I have interesting thoughts. We sit here and we fucking talk all the time. Yeah. So I, so I get it. Like, we can all we can all navel gaze. We can all be narcissistic in that way and sure. think that we have such interesting things to say. But this is really the deification to an insane extent of just the the flotsam and jetsam of your mind with nothing like i said without the curative power of bardo about caring about either ideas or larger institutions and entities or cultures or other people there's none of that none. this movie is not concerned with any of those things it is just the absolute elevate elevation and magnification of the contents of this person's head right and they aren't that interesting they're not and that's why I said that's why I I I know I've said this, but I I just want to come back to it because I think it's key, and I think it really encapsulates everything I think about this movie is that when you go into the attic, all you see is a giant job. It is really like Job of the Hut penis, and it's just like it's just the most boring thing to be there. Yeah, because it's just so on the nose. It really is. And it's just and it, and it's it's also showing. And it's interesting because you're so obsessed with yourself, but you're not even really interested in you because it's just very uninteresting to think, oh, it's just all sex. That's like someone who just learned about Freud two weeks ago, <laughs> right? It's like, oh, it's all sex, man. It's all fucking. It's all sex. It's all your penis, right? It's just, it's just, it's the classic example of a little bit of knowledge being a dangerous thing. Like, yes, <laughs> yes, sex is really important. Absolutely. Sex is playing in the background of a lot of human experience. But if that's it, if that's not your starting point, that's your end point, I don't know that it's really, yeah. you're really providing what we yeah. call insight. No, there's no there's no insight. And it's not even self-insight. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's not even curious about, you're obsessed with yourself, but you're not curious about yourself because you just give the most superficial answer yeah. that you can give oh it was my mom and it's all sex i mean come on yeah yeah it's just it's, it's like you it's like Boring. you went to you went to three lectures in psych 101 and then you checked out and you yeah. thought that was that that was, and, that was game over i understand it all watch a youtube video i understand yeah, it psychology is, it is really like a youtube uh, is <laughs> yeah it is it is it is um psychological training versus 30 minutes of youtube browsing you know so I, I want to thank you, Ben, because uh, sometimes I watch a movie and I worry. I worry if my response to it is going to have the the and to the, you're going to have the the exact opposite reaction. That I have to defend. It will happen at some point. But I watched this and I was like, man, this could go either way because because it's it's just so open ended. It's just such a nothing for me that I was like, maybe I missed something and it can hit for some other person, and that's quite possible. But as I watched it, the tedium overtook me. I I started to realize that the ideas of it, and and granted, they were they were either thin or in abundance, and none of them ventured poignantly or in sight with any insight. And by the end of it, I I was wor I was a little worried, but well, I'm glad we came. We had like the exact same experience. Well, I, I mean, honestly, I would be interested to hear from someone that's true who this really spoke to because. 
the difference between something like this and something like Babylon is my problem with Babylon are are a lot of them are technical problems. Like sure. I have I have technical cinema problems with how that movie is made. Whereas here there there is real cinematic virtuosity on display and here. that that it, that goes like, for all of his and, movies and the, and the Chazelle stuff is fake virtuosity i agree whereas this is true like the, like i said i i'll come back to it again this ability to create worlds that are encompassing and evocative is a real skill it's not you know it's this not bullshit right this is a real cinematic skill right understanding how to create these physical places, and there's a number of them, whether it's the city, whether it's the suburban home, specific places within the suburban home, whether it's his mother's home. This is a person who understands the relationship between the camera and design and like the, the sort of physical look of places and how those physical look of places affects your ability to tell a story. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought the, 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 the traveling troupe, the theater troupe, I thought that was all very beautiful. Yeah. I thought in another movie, I could have found that a tremendously evocative and moving sequence because the visual chops are very much there. I agree. So, so it's not a situation where I feel like the 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 cinematic I don't want to call it skill because like I said I th- I think it's I don't I think Babylon is an unskilled movie I think it's a I think it's a skillless movie mm-hmm. I think it's a movie that mistakes um cine- filmmaking skill for some other thing which involves like I don't know just like hitting like it's like the equivalent of like hitting buzzers on a soundboard <laughs> or something this movie is not that it has real cinematic um skill on display and I can imagine that someone with a certain life experience or whatever could watch this movie and find its themes resonant. Now, that would probably mean because they were fucked up in a different way than I'm fucked up. Sure. But I, I would be interested to hear that because I my issue is different. But like I said, it does seem – it does feel very adolescent. It me. does. It is very adolescent. It does feel very adolescent. And maybe the problem is that I'm not an adolescent. Maybe some 16-year-old would have – a different feeling coming out of this movie because it would speak to them where they're at. Sure. Right. And so I can imagine someone feeling like, well, this movie captured something about me. Right. Uh, But obviously it didn't do that for either of us. And it ended up feeling like I said, I, I, I do think, I do think, you know, I will thank you. I will return to thank you because talking to you helps me think through these movies. And that's the the ultimate thing to me is uncurious. Mm-hmm. It seems self-obsessed. Like the the worst combination is self-obsessed and uncurious, right? Yeah. Because if you're self-obsessed, and I think all artists probably are self-obsessed to some extent, you can redeem your self-obsession by being very curious and creative about how you think about yourself. 100%. Which once again yeah. takes us back to Inyari too. Right, you can redeem your obsession with yourself and a bunch of other filmmakers. Right, I mean, Steven Spielberg. Uh, I mean, I mean, I was watching. I was served one of those clips uh, on on one social network site. It was it was John Lennon talking about the song "How Do You Sleep." And he said, "Well, ultimately, I realized it's just about me. It's not really about Paul. It's about me." And he said, "You know, Bob Dylan said this. Other people say it. Like artists realize that it's ultimately all about them." So I guess all artists are self obsessed, right? Yeah. They make art about themselves, yeah, right. But 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 you redeem that self obsession through curiosity. And this movie seem feels to me to be more self obsessed than most artworks, and one of the least curious. Things, very very un- right because un- it just un- seems to just work. take take all this shit that's in your head completely at face value. 
I think it's about sex. It's about sex. I think it's about my mom. It's about my mom. Yeah. Full stop. And to me, that that makes it a very hard sit. It, and it truly is. It truly is. And, and that that's why I think we landed on the same way. I wanted it to be about something or the relation of self to something and uh, either comparatively in in the the abstract of how the world feels or how relationships feel or just something yeah a story's about surprise man and if if i tell you a story like here's my story Kyle <laughs> i thought when i was younger that all my problems were because of my aunt uh clarissa and guess what i thought about it that's correct uh-huh they are all about her all about her the end You'd be like, well, that's not much of a story, Ben. Not much of a story. That's not, that, that's not, can, can you make it into three hours of that uh, I mean, idea? I guess, I guess with enough money, you can do whatever. Right? You can but do whatever I mean, you want. I, like, I, you know, that's that's what this is. I thought it was all about my mom, and guess what? I was right. <laughs> I mean, it boils down to that. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, this was a this was a disappointing week. Um, I I went into Bo's Afraid with some hope that it would be at least, uh, and and again I still walked away with what what you said is that there there are some extremely present cinematic gifts on display, and that's been consistent with Hereditary in Midsummer. This is a gifted filmmaker in in some sort of way, and there's just something mis- missing. With every chapter of his work, there's the, where his ambition exceeds his grasp in large degrees, and this one was the most that 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 missed the mark. And I'm, I don't know. I'm hoping he gets reeled in. I hope he gets he he becomes curious or or applies his his self obsession onto something that's maybe a little more interesting. I don't know. I. The, the, he has been a a name that comes up often with the new wave of filmmakers that people get quite obsessed about, and I've just not bought into it yet. And I and it's just that that's me. And and again, like if you're out there, if you're listening to us, if Ariaster, if you have enjoyed Ariaster up to this point, it's quite possible this movie will speak to you on some kind of visceral or experiential level because it yeah, is. I'm sure, I'm sure there are people who say this and feels like yeah, this is that's me. Yeah, maybe. I get it. That's me, maybe. brother. Oh, that, if you are Bo, I we you need like, uh, you need like, maybe I mean, more like than someone, therapy. Maybe, yeah, maybe maybe someone. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we're not doctors. We're not doctors. But uh, um, no. So uh, yeah, this was an interesting week. Um, a lot of disappointments around. Uh, originally. Uh, Bo was afraid it was called Disappointment Boulevard, and I think that just makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Disappointment Boulevard. <laughs> um, I guess we it got like an emo album. I know, doesn't it? <laughs> Uh, next week, uh, there's well, a lot I'm be next on week. Oh, well, that's right. You're going to be gone. So, so, so you know might, what? We might have to. There's, there's honestly nothing coming out next week that I think is immediate of immediate or continual concern. If, if I see something that I think I like, I'll throw it to your radar. Maybe you can rewatch it at some point, you know, watch it down the yes, line and yes. we can review it. Um, you let me know when you're back. Um, the next two weeks are, hmm, it, it, you know, iffy. And then we got, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, in the, the beginning of May. That's so. the, that's the Groot the Groot like behemoth. I would like to see out on the horizon. Um, April twenty eighth, so two weeks from now, is Polite Society, the the Sundance film about uh, 
the the uh, oh, what it's kind of like Bollywood meets Scott Pilgrim versus the World. That's interesting. To, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that movie, so I would like to that see sounds that. Interesting. Well, we'll, so, we'll we'll see. We'll see what we see, and we'll see what we talk about. It sounds good. Well, you enjoy your vacation. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Um, and we will see you. We'll talk to you all. I, well, Ben Thalen, uh, Dead Reckoner, Substack. You can uh, subscribe. Yeah, yeah, give me your money. Give Kyle Brule your money. Uh, he knows movies. I know movies, and you don't. Uh, you know, just or just just have a great time. Have a great time out there. Have and a great time. Have a better time than Bo. Yes. Yeah, I think that's that's a low bar. Yeah, I mean, it's a fucking low bar. <laughs> yeah, be better than Bo. Okay, bye-bye.